1: to another episode of family gamers podcast this is episode 299 we
0: are rocketing rocketing to 300 we're not quite there yet we have one more show before we get to that momentous occasion and to celebrate getting so close this is an odd number show we have a guest an odd guest maybe i don't know <laughs> we'll see <laughs> <laughs> all right we have with us danny efforts from sovereignty Hi, Danny. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be an oddball for you. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, we're oddballs, so you're among, you know, good company. We're, we're all odd here? Yes, yes. Even to okay. odd? I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Anyway, hello, everybody. We are the Family Gamers. As always, I'm your host, Andrew, and I am joined by my lovely and wonderful wife, Nitra.
1: I'm definitely odd. That's, that's not me. what you're supposed to say. <laughs> that's me. Okay. And I'm odd.
0: Mark will get very upset with you if you don't I say that me. I, I know, I know, I know. All right. Anyway, that's Anitra. Okay. And... Here we are, episode two ninety-nine. This was a tough fact week. So for our listener, Zach, he will be excited. I have some ridiculous facts this week. So I don't know what they are, but I see Guinness Book of World Records. Oh yeah. When I'm stuck, this is my new go-to because these are the works. dumbest facts in the history I of mean, mankind. Dumb, amazing little, little Um, I'm gonna go with dumb. I think these these facts are pretty dumb. Okay, so here we go. So according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Are you ready, Danny?
2: I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm super. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> All
0: right, so I have two facts this week because they're so dumb that I had to get two of them. So, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, a record was set in September of 2018. The most people simultaneously making protein shakes <laughs> was 299 people, achieved by the legend Real Style Japan. Uh, okay. I I just need to know who
2: organized it and how long it took them to get them. Right? I mean, it's
0: like, it's one of those things where it's like, you clearly only did this dumb thing just for this stupid, like, Guinness book.
1: I mean, yes, but there was a picture and everybody's wearing the same t-shirt. So, like, this is a sponsored. Uh, Yeah.
0: Oh, of course. Definitely. I have another another one, though. I I have another one. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, in July of 2019... The Watson's Water and Kaoyan School in Hong Kong, China, conducted a class, a lesson, one might say, in terrarium making.
2: Okay.
0: And they set the, the world record for the largest terrarium making lesson at 299 people.
2: Okay, sure. <laughs> so what does one have to do to break a record? Like- where did the lines get drawn?
0: <laughs> so you, th- so there's, a, there's a thing. You can go to uh, guinnessworldrecords.com. Okay. And you can apply to set or break a record. And I assume there's a fee because they have to send one of their people with, you know, they have to wear the suit. Yes. And they have the fancy clipboard. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen. An you know, adjudicator. Some, yes. Yeah, the adjudicators, some videos or whatever. Yes, it says right here, invite an adjudicator. So you can go to guinnessworldrecords.com and it'll give you everything you need to know.
2: Maybe I'll do that just to, you know, learn something.
0: (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of people at Gen Con. We could do something. We could make it happen.
2: We could. Would it be board game related? I mean, it would
0: have to be, right? I'm
2: curious. Like,
0: yeah, I'm just enough of a lunatic that Danny and I in the same place thinking about this might actually be dangerous.
2: My management skills could be, I could want, I could be enticed to do this for the Mm. sheer, like, can I manage it? I want to test myself. (laughs) Can I organize this? The the most
0: people actually manage. I don't know. I have no idea. But whatever, it doesn't really matter.
2: Organizing something, (laughs) maybe a different time. Well,
0: maybe. (laughs) Oh, the largest collection of board games: one thousand five hundred thirty-one. That can't be right. Somebody get Stephen. Everyone, yeah. Not I have more than that. See
2: see if anyone can beat that. Call up. I'm sure. I'm sure. I know people
0: by name. That have more more games than that. But anyway, so that's my two facts for this week for the show. The most people making a protein shake at the same time and uh, the most people learning how to construct a terrarium at the same time. 299 people. All right. And with that, I am going to turn it over to Anitra, who is going to tell us something about First Move Financial.
1: How do you teach your kids about finances? Well, it's always good to have open, honest discussions with your kids, especially if there are lessons you want them to learn. But in addition to that, your kids need the opportunity to practice your lessons while it's still safe to fail. Board games, unsurprisingly, are a great source of learning, especially engine builders or games with some kind of economy. But all the more so if you actually talk through why some choices work better than others afterwards. Something like, hey, did you notice how I was behind until we counted up the endgame bonuses? A lot of the time you have to choose between a few points now or a lot of points later. These skills apply directly to so many things in life. It's also a good idea to give your kids small decisions that they're in charge of that are age appropriate. So if you have a preteen, maybe giving them control over school shopping within a certain budget. It may not go as smoothly as it would if you made the choices for them, but it'll give them practice staying on budget. If you want to talk about more ways to teach your children how to manage their personal finances or how to manage your own, set up a time to talk by going to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers.
0: The first call is free. Thanks so much to the team at First Move Financial for sponsoring this episode of the show. All right, Danny. This is the exciting part of the show where we talk about games that we've been playing, either in person or, I guess, on Sovereignty. Oh, how about we do this? What in the world is Sovereignty? Can you talk about that yeah. for a very just
2: yeah a second? Because that's Absolutely. the second half of the show. We're
0: going to talk all about it. Give me, give me the teaser.
2: Yeah. So, okay. My quick elevator pitch is Sovereignty is a digital board game app where you can play cross platforms so you can play on phones tablets and computers with people in the same room with you or across the country across the world and you can learn new games it's all rules and forest so you can play games without cheating whether it's on purpose or by accident and <laughs> yeah that's my quick elevator pitch i'll go through more later and we can ask right. questions and stuff but awesome. digital board game app download today <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I already did, so there. Uh, <laughs> Excellent.
2: Everyone listening, right. tell your friends. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we'll have to do something with some kind of like content creator code or something like I, that. Maybe.
2: Oh, I sure. I I got you a code. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll give it to you later.
0: <laughs> so you right. gotta stay
2: listening, everyone.
0: <laughs> All right. That's how okay. it works. So let's talk about some games that we've been playing. Danny, what's on your list? What have you been playing lately?
2: Okay. So. I obviously play a lot of games that are on Sovereignty because we do a game night every Tuesday with like our community. So we play lots of games on Sovereignty. So I'll give you one from Sovereignty and then I'll give you my in-person games that I've been playing too. So the one game that we've been playing a lot on Sovereignty is Planet Unknown. We've been playing this for like a year and a half and I seriously love this game so much. I was very giddy to get the physical copy in the mail. I was just so excited. (laughs) If you haven't heard of it, It's a polyomino tile placement game where you're like building a planet. You're trying to make the best planet by placing tiles on your planet that give you different resources to advance. It's all simultaneous, which I love because really speeds up gameplay, but it's also really thinky where you can really get into the strategy, but Mm -hmm. it's not super long either. So yeah, that's my sovereignty when I've been playing.
0: Is that Adam's Apple games?
2: Yeah, Adam's Apple yeah. Games.
0: I hung out with, uh, with Adam of Adam's Apple Games at, uh, at Gamma.
2: Well, look at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had together. He's a very nice guy. I didn't even get to hang out with Adam at Gamma because <laughs> I wasn't there.
0: <laughs> well, but. that's a good reason. But <laughs> 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 All right, Anitra, what do you have? What's on your list?
2: Okay, uh, my- so and- our children
1: have a renewed interest in playing The Key from HABA. Uh, specifically, I have played, I think, five games of the key theft at Cliff Rock Villa in the last week after not really having played it since we did our review,
0: I don't know, six months ago now? Yeah, so this is because I said, hey guys, I'm going to give away this game to our friends. And they and suddenly
2: they said, were like, no, oh! We need to play it. it a whole bunch more! <laughs> then you can oh, give it that's away. definitely me. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Entertainingly, Our eight-year-old has really, really gotten into it. And it's the difference of six months. Six months ago, he just still wasn't ready for this kind of game because it's very deduction-heavy and you really have to look at the clues carefully to figure out what goes with what. Of the five games of it I played, I think two I did kind of on a team with him, sort of cooperatively. Like, oh, what does this card tell us? What does this card tell us? And then he was like, I think I got it now, Mom. I think I'm ready to play against you. I'm like... Okay, let's go. (laughs) So, importantly, the game where he got no help at all, he managed to make his way to the right answer. He did it with more clues than anybody else, so he didn't win the game. But it's sort of like one level of winning. If you can just, like, I got it. I got there. I got the right answer. For what it's worth, I didn't win that particular game either. Arthur heretaker (laughs) did.
0: Well... I mean, and I like something like that because we can celebrate with him. Like, hey, you know, you did the you right did thing. It. You know, and we don't have to go into like, oh, you didn't get as many points uh-huh, or anything like that. Yeah. But you can know, be like, dude, you got it. You figured it out. High five up top. Right. Yeah. So that's great.
2: Yeah. And it goes to show like any game, the more you play it, the more you'll figure it out. And like mm-hmm. that challenge alone can be the exciting thing about games. Right. It's yeah. so, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, those key games are really, I mean, we've talked about them before on the show. They're very reminiscent of kind of the old school logic puzzles. And it just, the the, the way they put these games together is brilliant. The way that yes. the clues can be applied to different like mysteries or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, different, different every cases. The Key game has so
1: nine smart. nine cases in it. Each one's represented by a different color. And then you'll be sorting through all these cards looking for ones that have the color you're looking for on them. And most of them have three or four colors. Some of them have as many as seven, I think I've mm-hmm. seen. And so some of these clues will apply to lots of cases and some will only apply to a couple. And that was part of the struggle with our youngest at first was just pick up any clue and do whatever you want. Like, well, they don't all actually go with what you're looking for in this game.
0: But he obviously figured it out. Yeah, and, he got uh, there. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I really, really like these games. I don't know if there will be more of them. There's three different ones right now. three right rating. now. Um, I
1: think but, yeah. I heard about a fourth one, but
0: I don't know if it made it to the U.S. yet. We shall see. Speaking of games that were really popular that did, in fact, make it to the U.S., I played Gutenberg again. You also played Gutenberg. Gutenberg
2: is so good. This game... didn't that one.
0: It is really I good. This play. is a game... I guess it was officially released at Essen last year. You are kind of running a printing press and it's a, you're fulfilling orders, but there's all these like flourishes that you can put on orders to get extra points and stuff. And so you're, you're constantly manage It's kind of a resource management game where you're kind of managing the money that you have to be able to buy typesets so that you can fulfill the orders, but you also want to buy ink so that you can fulfill the orders with the right kind of ink, because that'll give you extra stuff.
1: And you also want to upgrade your skills, all of your various different decorative skills that you can do, because those will
0: also give you bonuses. Yep. It's a really just... It's just Uh a a great, elegant game. We played with asymmetric player powers this time around. One of the things I think is really cool about this game... Is the gears. I just think they're the coolest thing. So you have a player board, you start with a player board and it's got three posts on it and you actually buy gears or select, I guess you don't buy them. You select gears and you put them on these posts and they actually interlock on your board and you turn them and they actually turn like in with each other. On your board. So there are games out there, like Zulkin is kind of the classic example of this, that has five interconnected gears, but that's just the board. They're just always there. With this game, you can take um, the gears off and and put other ones on or whatever. You start with nothing. Um, So it's just a really cool extra piece to the game to be able to put these things on and uh, and manipulate
1: them. Yeah, you, you rotate the gears. They have three sections on them and you rotate them one section each time a new round comes around. But instead of a standard gear action when you're in the rest of it, like, oh, I'm going to get a new gear and put it on my board. Instead of doing that, you can say, you know what? With my gear action, I'm going to pick up this gear, rotate it, and put it back in place yeah. so that uh, you can really maneuver it and be like, oh, man, I didn't play this out right. I really just want this action again that it gives me. Yeah.
0: So there's a whole leveling thing with different skills that would be kind of related to, I guess, a printing press that you're trying to level those up so you can't do certain things unless you have thresholds in certain skills and stuff like that. So there's kind of a lot of things that you're managing. It definitely is a, a euro kind of style game. Oh, yeah, game,
1: it's definitely a Euro But game.
0: it's super fun. It's super, super fun. I really, really like it. Uh, this game will be probably publishing the review for this in about a month, I would In July. Say. Yeah, yeah. So that is Gutenberg from Portal Games. Real good. Real good.
2: Nice. All right.
0: What's next on your list, Danny?
2: All right. Next on my list is, that comes to the table quite often. So, this is comes to my physical table. These aren't sovereignty games. But Sagrada is one that comes to the table quite often in our house. Yeah. So, it's just my husband and I in our house. So, it's just, you know, we would like two player games. When we play games, we want to play a game that plays well with two players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're able to go hang out with other family. But, for the most part, most of the games are two players. And Sagrada, we love it, two players. I love it at all of the levels, <laughs> but, <laughs> And it also hits our table the most because when we do have family in town that don't play as many board games, they will now request, request Sagrada because mm. they love it so much. And awesome. it's so easy to teach and it's easy for people to pick up on. And we play it quite often. So that's one that comes to the table frequently. <laughs> well, what was the game
0: that we played recently that you said might replace Sagrada?
2: The Whatnot oh. Cabinet.
0: Oh yeah, the Whatnot Cabinet. That's what it was. Oh. Stephen
1: and Eduardo Barof.
0: Hmm. Pencil first. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pencil first. Pencil games. first. Okay. What's it called? The Whatnot Cabinet. All right. I'm going to write it down
2: because I need <laughs> to write games down.
1: Yes. <laughs> so in the Whatnot Cabinet, you've got that same element of you're trying to arrange the items you're picking up in your cabinet to okay. get the most points. But it's only a three by four grid. First of okay. all, to start off with, and it's not nearly as punishing as Sagrada can feel. Of gotcha. like, oh, well, I can only put this one specific. Like, I need a blue two here, and nothing yep. else will fit. The whatnot cabinet, you're always going to put something down, and it's just like sometimes it's frustrating because like, oh no, I was going for this super extra bonus in my column or in my row or whatever. And this one thing, I have to put it here and it's going to break that bonus. And that's right. frustrating, but it doesn't feel quite as punishing because you still, yeah. you're right. going to put it down.
0: At least you're not discarding the, right. the token, right? It's, it's right. different than having to discard <laughs> The last you're like, couple of oh! dice, are like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also faster. So like if you've got okay. half an hour and you're like, huh, I uh, can't quite fit Sagrada in in half an hour, you could probably play the whatnot cabinet. It's just, mm, it's a fast game. I'll have game to try
2: it course. out. Thanks. Yeah. yeah.
0: And one more for you, since you mentioned two-player games, and I know that you just spent some time with One Board Family. Yes. Dear friends of ours, they recommended to us Royal Visit. Have you yes. played Royal Visit?
2: I haven't. No.
0: So Royal Visit is a two-player only game from ELO. It's relatively expensive, probably 20 bucks, something like that. Uh, yeah, you should just get it. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it. like a cloth board <laughs> with okay. like Six, six of these wooden tokens and you're playing through a deck Five. of cards and there's this constant back and forth where you're trying to get the king and his court to your chateau yeah. and it just it's this constant back and forth And you're, it's you're playing out cards from your hand so to move good. them
1: everybody has slightly different rules about how they move and it's really just this constant, like, I can pull something towards me, but maybe it's actually going to be more helpful if I pull this thing that will stop you from getting points. Cool. So awesome. Well, I'll have to check that one out. Too. It is yeah. a really tight back and forth. And the luck involved from the cards feels like just the right amount of luck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: And it's very beautiful. I just showed you uh, our box. Yeah. Um, that's another recommendation for you for your, awesome. your two player gaming needs. Yeah.
2: Thank you. All
0: right. I need to try. It's your turn playing that uh, that white building game again, huh?
1: Yeah, we got uh, Santorini out from the library again by my <laughs> 11-year-old's request. Uh, and so we are playing more Santorini. It is my most played game this year. We do not even own this game. We keep getting it out of the library. I think we need to just buy a copy, probably. Yeah, we'll um, get around to it. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> but there's something about it that my 11-year-old just absolutely adores. And I think it's some combination of how easy it is to get started with it. Because I mean, it's this very simple building game feels a little bit checkers like, you know, you're back and forth with it. But then you've got all these asymmetric god powers. And that's the thing that really super pulled him in because he's been super into Greek mythology this year. And all of all of the characters in Santorini are Greeks, gods and demigods and mythical figures and he likes not just that, but each of the god powers does seem to tie at least a little bit to who it's supposed to be. So it all fits together really nicely. He keeps trying to get other people to play so we can play three-player games. That's not going to happen very much in this house. But <laughs> once in a while, once in a while, his big sister will be like, oh, fine. <laughs> fine. I
2: guess so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, I have one more game on my list. This has been a slow gaming week. I don't even know if I'm keeping up with my one game a day because this week has been so terrible. But I played a game that is coming to Kickstarter fairly soon. We will be doing a snap preview of the comic book bubble from Ape Games. Hmm. So this is...
1: It's a speculation game. Yeah, it's a
0: comic book speculation game where you are buying comic books at low prices and then trying to sell those comic books at high prices Basically the way they do this is uh, everything is done with these six medallions, and these six different medallions change in price over the course of the game. And a comic book is worth a certain number of medallions, and every medallion has a certain coin cost to it. So as the medallions are changing their values, the comic books are changing their values. It's well. like the
1: genres oh. that yeah, each yeah. comic book is in.
0: Yeah, that's the that's kind of the cool. of So on your turn, you can buy a comic book, use a comic book superpower. Or speculate. So if you buy a comic book, you buy the comic book. You
1: spend money based on (laughs) that comic's current cost.
0: Yep. If you use the superpower, so, I mean, these are comic books, so pretty much everything has a superpower. Yep. And if you play for superpower, you do whatever the superpower is, and it might be something like move this particular genre, move it like three spaces clockwise or four spaces counterclockwise, whatever, Uh or or like shift it, you know, side to side. There's a couple different kinds of general forms that the superpower is kind of. There are a
1: couple of movement ones, but there are also ones that change price without moving the medallions on the superpowers, yeah, like, like this, for this round. this
0: genre is worth three more coins this round, or something like that. Or, like, because normally you can only buy one comic book per round, so it might be like, you can buy as many as you want to. You know, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. And then with Speculate, if you play a comic book card into there, speculation happens. And that means that that card, and some other cards for, you know, wherever they yeah. come from. All of the other speculation cards. Sorry. Are used to move things up or down or, you know, rotate the medallions clockwise clockwise around around this track where it determines value. And so that changes stuff. So, like, you might have something where I play Speculate and Anitra's going to sell a card, but her plans were to sell a card because her genres were high, but my Speculate, you know, moved all that stuff down to the bottom. So now she's like, well, shoot, now this thing's not worth anything. Maybe I I won't sell this card. Maybe I'll hang
1: on to it a little longer. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's definitely some luck involved because sometimes you're top decking for speculation and that can get a little frustrating sometimes. But I also think that like, that's kind of what speculation is like, like you always yeah. have risk in speculation. And so sometimes things just happen that are unexpected.
1: Sometimes it's really minor movements. And you're like, that's not really what I was looking for. I wanted to move this other thing. And sometimes speculation is these super wild swings back and forth and Everybody is unhappy
0: at the same time. Like we played that the same night that we played Gutenberg and we played with a friend of ours who is a big strategic gamer and he destroyed us at Gutenberg. We knew we knew before the game started we were going to lose. <laughs> that's fine. Um, it was fun anyway. Yeah, but he hated comic book bubble because there's this uncontrollable risk factor in, yeah. the, in the in the middle of the game and it might have bitten him in the butt a couple of times. <laughs> but I just like, you know, that's that's how it is, right? I mean, That's what Rolling Dice is. You know, it's a chance cube. It's the same kind of stuff. So it it might not be for everybody, but I think we really had fun with it. And one more uh, more thing that I'm going to say, and if you ever read any of my reviews or listen to anything that I talk about, I always talk about art. They licensed real comic books for this. They're not like DC and Marvel. They're like, I don't know, some. There was a particular
1: publisher they're called out in the rule book.
0: But the art rules. It's great. It's so good because it's actual pictures of the covers of comic books. So it's really fun. I'm really, I really liked playing it. I definitely want to play it more. There's games like this in everybody's collection, I think, where you're going to lose sometimes. No matter how good you are, you're just going to lose sometimes just because of the way the speculation works. And if that's a thing that doesn't work for you, then, you know, move on from something like this. But for us, it was a lot of fun.
1: I also look at this and think that this is a pretty approachable way to show kids about how speculation markets work. You know, uh, I I know there's another game came out recently, the Tulip Bubble. It's the same idea. You know, these crazy things that are not the stock market. It's something else that should have value, but it can swing back and forth wildly. And this is a good way to show kids like, hey, be aware, like in the real world, this stuff really happens and <laughs> you want to, you know, talk about earning money through stocks and stuff. This stuff can happen and you need yeah. to be ready for that kind yep. of risk. Yep. Nice.
0: It's going to be hitting Kickstarter fairly soon. We are going to talk about it more. So just oh, yeah. kind of, you know, keep yours up. Stay tuned.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That sounds yeah. sounds awesome.
0: Yep. So that's the comic book bubble. That's it for me. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else?
2: Yeah. We just got dinosaur Island Roarin' right? I am a big fan of flip and write, roll and write games. Just because my play style is I like to focus on my own stuff and I don't like to pay attention to other people. (laughs) (laughs) That explains why you like Sagrada.
0: Okay, sure. Yes, I like
2: to focus on my play. And it's funny to play like in big groups and like, oh, so-and-so's sitting next to Danny. They're pretty lucky. I'm like, yep, because I still won't pay attention. Like, I just yep. like to do my own thing. That's funny. But I've heard great recommendations about Roarin' right? So I wanted to pick it up. And so I, we've been playing that one a lot lately, and I really enjoy it. Because it also involves, like, I like polyomino games too, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of roll and write and flip and write games involve some kind of polyomino something mm-hmm. or other. Yep. And so I enjoy that part of it too. And then all the management style of like, well, where do you want to put your coins? And where do you want to, do you want to make a dinosaur this turn? or Are you going to do something else? So I really like how there's so many options. I like having a lot of options in my games and <laughs> Making me think a little bit. <laughs> Not all of my games. I like to have some, like, you know, easy, quick decision games, yeah. too. But it's nice to have those ones in the collection. So, really yeah, happy we added awesome. that one. And we've right. been playing it quite often. So, yeah. Awesome.
1: All right. The only other one that I have is going to be our Snap Review, uh, which is Animal Upon Animal Junior. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: My eight-year-old really, really enjoyed playing this, more so than the regular animal upon animal, simply because it is one of those easy, quick decision kind of games. Like it's designed for toddlers and preschoolers, but sometimes you just want that really easy, not much challenge here kind of game.
0: Yeah, I think that he's at the age because he's turning literally next week, turning eight. I think he's at the age where if he sees a haba yellow box, like his brain just goes to, I want to just check out and kind of just like enjoy what I'm doing. And and that's fine. And regular animal upon animal Requires just enough dexterity that he actually has to concentrate. Yeah. This doesn't, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not anywhere near as much.
1: Uh, his statement to me was, I've never managed to stack something five high in a regular animal upon animal. Mm-hmm. But I could in animal upon animal junior. And I was like, there you go. All
0: right. There you go. Fair. And he was part of the Snap Review.
1: He is part of the Snap Review. So you'll get to hear his take on it.
0: Yeah. He gave me a week mm-hmm. off. Awesome. I need to buy my ice <laughs> cream or something. That's <laughs> great. Alright. Yeah, I I have nothing else. My, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's all we all have. Anything else for you, Danny?
2: No, that's my main three these all days. Right.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break and then we when we come back, we're gonna talk about sovereignty. I hope that's Yay! cool. I have a question I need to ask you about sovereignty.
2: All right. Are you Hopefully ready? I can answer it.
0: All right. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody.
1: Animal Upon Animal is a modern classic of children's games, but the pieces here are still fairly small. This game is not really appropriate for toddlers. Until now. This is a snap review for my very first games, Animal Upon Animal Jr. Just like the big kid version of Animal Upon Animal, this version is also designed by Klaus Miltonberger and published by Habba but right away you'll notice some differences that make it rated for ages 2 and up. So let's start by talking about the most obvious thing, the art in this game. The animals here are chunky and inviting. Even the crab and the snake look friendly. There are also large cardboard pieces for a raft and a meadow, and there are big chunky cardboard tokens with a sun and an animal on each of them. Everything is big and easy for little hands to grab and stack. Who wouldn't want to roll this gigantic die? So, Mom, let's talk about how to play the game. Alright, just like Habba's other My Very First games, the rulebook suggests lots of different ways to play, starting with letting your toddler freely play with the pieces, maybe naming what some animals are and trying to fit them together in different ways. Once they're ready for more structure, there are three different games to play. In Stacking Animal Tower, kids flip a sun tile, then take the matching animal and add it to the stack on the meadow. If something falls, put the sun tile back in the box. But if the stack holds, you get to keep the sun tile. The goal of the game who can collect the most sun tiles? The second game mode is called Colorful Raft Stack. In this one, you get to roll the big chunky die. If it lands on green, pick an animal and place it, or stack it, in the meadow. If you get blue, your chosen animal goes to the raft on the waterhole. If you roll the sun, you can put an animal on either the meadow stack or the waterhole stack. Your choice. Woo! As with the other game mode, take a sun tile if no animals fell down. And whoever has the most sun tiles at the end of the game wins. The third game mode is cooperative. Race Carl the Crab. In this mode, you lay out the sun tiles as a path. Again, blue means stack on the raft, green means stack on the meadow. But every time you roll the sun, Carl moves along the path. Can you work together to get all the animals stacked before Carl reaches the shoreline? Of course, you can also try combining these big chunky pieces with other Animal Upon Animal sets when your child is ready. So, Elliot, what did we expect from Animal Upon Animal Junior? Well, I expected it to be like the other... Um, junior HABA games. The My Very First games? Yeah.
0: The My Very First games, where it's like the original game, just the pieces are bigger,
1: so it's easier for littler kids. I was thinking that Animal Upon Animal is already a good game for really young kids. I agree. The box says four plus, but I've played with three-year-olds. So... Could, of my very first version, bring it to an even younger audience? What surprises about this game, Mom? Well, I played this with three helpers. A not-quite-two-year-old, a just-turned-four-year-old, and also with Elliot. Bing! Our youngest player had a great time with the tokens and with the animals, just stacking and exploring with them. The preschooler loved stacking the animals and knocking them down. You may remember his flavor of help from our Rhino Hero Jr. review. <laughs> But I was really surprised that you, who are eight years old, enjoyed playing this game. Yeah, I was surprised too. (laughs) I think that Animal Upon Animal Jr. feels a little more game-like than the other My Very First games we've reviewed. We did Off to Bed and Rhino Hero Jr., both of them last year. This game is a little too easy for a big kid like Elliot. I prefer this to the normal animal upon animal because the normal animal upon animal is really hard. (laughs) There you have it. Sometimes you just want an easy game to play. So do we recommend Animal Upon Animal Junior? Well, a few years ago, our friend Chrissy wrote about how animal upon animal teaches physics. Kids will start to place an animal, then stop and think about other ways to place it that might work better. That's true with this game as well, even with the littlest players of two or below. I was thinking it was the type of game that would be really quickly outgrown, but Elliot here is showing me otherwise. Animal Upon Animal Jr. keeps the DNA of its big brother without actually dumbing the game down or making it less fun. I think this would be a great first game for toddlers. And they might surprise you by coming back to it even once they've graduated to big kid games like Elliot has. I highly recommend it. So Elliot, what are we going to rate my very first game's Animal Upon Animal Jr.? We're going to rate it five animals out of five animals. And that's Animal Upon Animal Jr. in a snap. Back, we are here with Danny Efforts, who
2: is kind of the face of sovereignty.
0: Yes, yes. yes. She's wearing a crown right now. I can see it.
2: Wearing a crown. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on social media, and you'll know what my face looks like.
0: Yes, you—you you are everywhere. You are everywhere. everywhere. You're at every convention, you're always streaming. Yep. You mentioned Tuesday nights already. We we watched. Was it Tuesday night? I don't even remember.
1: It was um, Tuesday night. Yeah, a whole bunch of people playing Skull King Skull together. King just kind of skulking after dark but Ooh, uh, yes. it was like fun late sword. night skulking <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that is a great 2am game by the way uh yes it it's is so good yes
2: it is it is good
1: including so good. on sovereignty with yeah. you know a bunch of people be like i'm tired but we need to keep playing this game yep. because yep. i'm having too much fun absolutely <laughs> all
0: right so talk about sovereignty so So Sovereignty has a, a, it's straddling the line between like the BGA world and like the Tabletop Simulator world. It's like right in between.
2: Yes. So we're similar to Tabletop Simulator in the sense that we we have a 3D environment. And it's designed that way so that you feel like you're still playing at a table. Obviously, you can't replace being in-person playing games with someone. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to do is, because it has in-app voice chat and text chat too, so you can talk with people all on the app and just play games like you normally would if you can't get together or if you don't have a game that you want to try like planet unknown for example so if you wanted to play it before you picked it up you could try it that way too so it's like tabletop simulator in the sense that it's 3d but it's more similar to board game arena because it has the rules enforcement so it's not just a physics engine where items you're picking them up and dragging them across your screen what we do is we'll highlight things that you're able to choose on your turn. You click on it and then it goes to somewhere on your board. You choose where to put it. If it's a card, it'll just go down on the table. Like for example, in Sushi Go Party, if you haven't played before, you have a hand of cards and you choose one card. And then once everyone at the table has chosen one card, all the cards get flipped over at the same time. And you pass your hand to the person on the left. We handle all those little things for you. So like all you need to do is choose your card And we'll flip over everyone's card once everyone's ready and we'll pass the deck for you. So you don't have to worry about clicking on the deck to pass it. You don't have to worry about flipping it at the right time. We handle all those little things. So you just get to focus on playing the game. And you don't have to worry about those little finicky things that, especially online, become a little bit more mm-hmm. finicky. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, we have definitely played some games online that have been uh, a lot tougher than playing them <laughs> in person.
0: Yeah. Well, we've. I mean, look, we've used basically all of them. We've used BGA. We've used Sovereignty. We've used Tabletop Simulator, and we've used Tabletopia before. Yeah. So I really like. There's a couple things I really like about Sovereignty. Number one, you don't really play. Asynchronously on sovereignty, because the, the whole point is to give you Sit that, uh, that, that feeling of, of the presence of sitting down and playing yeah. with your friends. So, like yeah. asynchronous play doesn't make sense, and having a three D environment where you're playing synchronously and having that kind of be the default for the app and the kind of mm-hmm. the default for the gaming experience really kind of, I think, puts you in a mental place to be like the focus of this is the engagement with the people, not yep. just. I have played the game correctly and I am min-maxing and rah, 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 rah. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that because over the last two and a half years, the best remote play times that we've had have been playing... A lot of times, party games with a whole bunch of people on a Zoom call or whatever, yeah, and it's sure. just been yeah. hilarious and super fun, yeah. Right? I mean, we've all played games with Chris Goodluck. I feel like everybody in the world has played yeah. Chris yeah. with Chris Goodluck.
2: <laughs> if you haven't, <laughs> all, all you need to do is go to convention, find right. him, and he'll play a game <laughs> with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but you know, and we have played so much with with some of the folks from the Op Online. It's these experiences at the same time where people can talk and feel like you're at a table. I mean, like you said you're not really at a table, but kind of get that feeling. And Sovereignty does a good job of, it's not as complex as a tabletop simulator. So there's a lot of things that maybe you can do in TTS that you can't do in Sovereignty, mm-hmm. but it does everything that it needs to do to facilitate that game being played. And yeah. that simplicity is not necessarily a negative thing, right? Because yeah. it, it streamlines the play experience. So that's what I like about Sovereignty.
2: Thanks. Yeah, the simplicity <laughs> is also comes from the design that it's, Um, When they were creating it, they were designing it from a mobile first kind of standpoint. So it works on computers. You can play computers, you can play tablets, and you can play on your phone. But it was designed to think about what's the best experience if you want to always have a game in your pocket. Like you want to always be able to play a game with somebody no matter where you are. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to have an Mm -hmm. internet connection of some kind. But (laughs) um, so when you look at the computer, it's not going to be, we don't have any short keys Maybe one day in the future for computers, because I know that some people like that. But the reason it looks the way it does now is because you have to think about phone users. You can't do short keys on
0: Mm -hmm. or hot keys on
2: a phone. It's just buttons. So that's what it looks like. And we wanted to make it the same across all devices so that you don't have to learn a new interface when you go from your phone to your computer Mm -hmm. or your tablet to your phone, whatever. It's all going to be the same. So that it's designed to be easy. It's designed so that you can pick it up and play games. You don't have to worry about the function of what you're using to play the game.
1: Well, and that's really important because all the other ones we mentioned, Tabletop Simulator, Tabletopia, and even Board Game Arena are really designed computer first.
0: Yeah, can I just say, as much as I like Board Game Arena, like the mobile experience is miserable.
1: It's better than it used to be, but it's still not good.
0: <laughs> um, and if you're a giant nerd like me, here's a pro tip, by the way, with Bergy Marina. If you open your dev tools, they have left a lot of their console logs live. And you can see a lot of how the system actually works. Oh, if just, you're curious. Just, just so you know.
2: Yeah, that's I wouldn't know what to do with that information. People <laughs> are like, just, did you design weird. the app? Absolutely not. If I was the designer, <laughs> we would not have an app. I, as we said at the beginning of this, am the face of the company. <laughs> I am the community manager of the company <laughs> so how how i I actually have wondered this. how big
0: is the company, how big is sovereignty?
2: There are three founders, so they all it's kind of their idea. started it four years ago now. They started hmm. off a lot with research, and what's the best way to go about this. So there's three of them. I'm the community manager, and then we have about six developers for games and app development. So we're not we're not too big. (laughs) We're growing. We just hired some more. So yeah, it's exciting though. We're getting more games out there, which is very exciting.
0: Speaking of more games, I I teased before that I was going to ask you a question.
2: A question that I hope I can answer.
0: I heard a rumor. Yes that Sovereignty came to an agreement with a publisher to put their games on your platform. I don't know if it's true or not. I I, I really don't. I'm not teasing anything. But I heard something (laughs) about Thunderworks games. Is that like a thing? Do you know about
2: this? Yeah, absolutely. So so Thunderworks is one of our newly announced publishers. Lockup is currently in development. Mm -hmm. So that's the first game. We're doing it then. Maybe more in the future. you we'll got to put
0: pressure we'll on, on them for cartographers. That's your rolling right. I know. Right. I
2: know. I, <laughs> I'm like, can we get every rolling?
0: Yeah, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, no. So our new games that we've announced, we have Lock Up from Thunderworks Games. And then we have Barbarian Battlegrounds from Greenbrier Games. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. new one that is coming out. Very cool. Those are the only two on our website, but at Origins, we had some hints out. We have the Night Cage from Smirk and Dagger, Smirk and Laughter. Mm-hmm. And awesome. then um, we're going to have Mission Catastrophe from Cardboard Alchemy.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Those right. are some
2: not on our website, but yeah. announced at Origins. So I'm going to tell you all <laughs> <laughs> announcements.
0: And I am a software developer at at heart, right? Obviously, I'm in I mean, also in
2: like- your real job yeah
0: also for real um so like <laughs>
2: also in that real uh, life that way
0: <laughs> eh, nobody likes real life how like what's the development process like and, and i'm not looking for like technical details here yeah. but, like how long does it take to get you said lockup is currently in development like yep. what's the timeline for something like well like what is I, I just want people to kind of appreciate what goes into getting a game on a platform
2: yeah. So it all starts with first, we are partnered with all of the publishers. So like you said, how we send contracts with all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, our that's our step one, we partner with the publisher, and then it's game by game, right. So once a game has been like started development, what first happens is our developers take all the licensed assets, so it's going to look the same that's our goal. <laughs> it's going to look <laughs> the same on the table mm-hmm. at your table in your home mm-hmm. as it does on Sovereignty because it's all the shirt so. licensed things. And then they go through the table layout. So like making sure that like if you ever play a game on Sovereignty, sometimes there's like extra space between you and the center. That's because at some point in the game, that space might be filled with something or other. It might be mm-hmm. a card flipping over. It might be a piece that kind of sits in that spot. So everything is going to have a spot. So they start there. So when we say something starts in development, sometimes that's where it is. They're laying out the table to make sure it works for all player counts because mm-hmm. the table mm-hmm. size will change. If you play with two people versus if you play with six people, your table's going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Sure. So things like that, they go through and then they get into all their coding things which each game (laughs) obviously I'm not a developer (laughs) our developers probably listen to these things and go oh my gosh she doesn't know I appreciate you guys (laughs) but yeah so they go through all the coding so every if you think of like a rule book right like if there's a lot of if-then statements, like if this card comes out, then this, this, or this could happen. That creates a lot more development for them just because yes. all of that needs to be coded in, right? Right. Like right. if this or that happens in a game, it needs to be coded for and accounted for. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like if we come across things and we're like, what happens in this situation? You know, like it might not clearly say or like it's happened before where... I'm reading it this way Well, I'm reading it this way, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, which happens at the table too, right? While well, we go back to the publishers and like, okay, how is this mm-hmm. supposed to work? Mm-hmm. Just so that when you're playing it at home, obviously, like it doesn't break. So we go mm-hmm. through all of our games are to that high standard of making sure everything is coded and accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go through like play testing among like our developers and like I do some of it. So I need to know all the rules so that when you come to conventions and things or game night, I can teach them. But also because when we go through the testing, I need to know, like, all the if-then statements, right? Yeah, like, right, well, right. what does happen if this is supposed to happen? Did that work right? Or, like, as simple as, like, wait, I don't like this layout, you know? Like, what mm-hmm. if this piece goes here instead? This is how I played out at my house, you know? Mm-hmm. So things like that. And then every game is going to take a different amount of time because... As they do more games, they build, like, things on the back end where it's, like, for example, the function of card shuffling. We have games that now have card shuffling. This is how a person who doesn't develop thinks <laughs> about it. They c- copy-paste that function into new games. So It's pretty okay. We, that's,
0: not, that's, that's not too far. It, right? That's,
2: that's yeah, all, all right. right. All cool. <laughs> <laughs> um But that way they can – so the more games we – make the faster they go in the future just because there's more mechanics that they've had programmed in the past so it's kind Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. an easier thing like the game oh heck was programmed before skull king so skull king was pretty quick because it's very similar game styles you know like rules and things like that obviously like the art is different we do all that yeah that was a little bit long-winded, but
0: for <laughs> <that's laughs> no, okay.
2: like somebody who doesn't do the development. <laughs> so, like, just
0: it, if you just said, like, from announcement to done, how long does it take for the average game, just time-wise?
2: Um, oh, it's so different. Um, Like I said, like, skulking because we had everything. And then, like, a game like Cover Your Assets, where we didn't have an oh-heck to it. Like, we didn't mm-hmm. have something for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those games probably took, like, a month. Okay. But, like, Planet Unknown... There's a lot of if then statements that <laughs> known. I, 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 many many months. <laughs> the base game is one thing, like basically, like you all have the same planet, all have the same corporation. Sure. But there's a way to play asymmetrically where you all have a different planet and a different corporation, and they all interact differently. So that mm-hmm. takes longer. <laughs> not, not sure. Okay, cool. But yeah, cool. I I can't say for sure how long. They, I mean. If you think about it, like however long your rulebook is, if the rulebook is longer, there's a good chance the development will take longer. Sure. That makes sense. Well, that's how I think about it. We'll have to come to
0: one of these game nights and you'll have to teach me how to play Planet Unknown. How's that sound?
2: Oh my gosh. I will teach anyone, day or night, how to play Planet Unknown. (laughs) (laughs) I played a full solo game today because I needed to do content on it and I just got sucked in. (laughs) It's like, oh. Whoops. Whoops. No, there we go. Oh no! Well, no, no. <laughs> All right, so let's talk
0: a little bit about actually getting into sovereignty. Like for our listeners, what's the process like? What what's the cost associated with playing on sovereignty? Yeah. Like, what's that whole deal?
2: How does it work? Yeah. From okay. A user so, standpoint. Absolutely. So, a one stop shop. If you want to remember one place, go to sovereignty spelled S O V R A N T I dot com slash install. That's going to have all my explanation of things. Now, if you just want to bypass that, because it has links to like the App Store. So if you have an iPhone, you just go to the App Store. If you have an Android, go to the Google Play Store and just search Sovereignty, same spelling as our website, and you can download the app. The app is free to download. And then when you create an account, we give you our free account automatically, and we call it Silver. Uh, What we do with Silver is we have like three to five games available at a time and those games will rotate. So like, for example, let's say you love Cover Your Assets from Grandpa Beck's games and you want to always be able to play it. You won't on Silver because it will be available, but then it will rotate off and it will come back, but it's just kind of random as to when. So that's Silver. We do our month themes is what we've been doing. So little inside tip here. July is going to be Be the Better Builder Month. (laughs) So we're going to have Tiny Towns, Planet Unknown, and Sushi Go Party are going to be free for the entire month. So if you have silver, you can just hop on and play those games. So that's silver. It's free. There's always going to be something free for you to play. Then we have a version. It's called Gold. If you play with somebody who has gold, you can play all the games on the platform. You yourself can play all the solo games you want. But if you play with a silver member, you have to play those free rotating games. Mm, mm -hmm. And that one is $3 a month annually if you are interested in gold. And then we have a platinum version, which is kind of like the family or the gaming group model. As long as one person at the table has it, everyone else could have the free account and you can play all the games because you're there. Cool. You kind of like unlock. That one's 9 bucks a month. but
0: You you have the red crown.
2: Yes. (laughs) Actually, fun fact. The Red Crown on Sovereignty, you get a little Red Crown if you host a game. So there's going to be next to your profile. You get to choose your avatar. Everyone gets to choose their avatar. And then... Uh, you get a little profile spot. And if you're the host, you get a little red crown.
0: There you go. There you go. That's where the crown is. All
1: right. It's the hosting crown.
2: (laughs) So I have a platinum code for your listeners, though. What? So it's going to give you 60 days of platinum. Okay. And I tell everyone it's seriously free. Not like enter your credit card, then it's free. It's seriously free to just try out. (laughs) Okay. All you need to do is create the account member. Creating an account is free. And then when you do that, you sign in and go to your profile. And you enter the code family gamers, and you can get 60 days of platinum for free. So, as long as you're at the table, Woo-hoo! anyone can join you. So, all right. yeah, pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, we've let's see, what have we played? We've played uh, Sushi Go on Sovereignty, we played Dice Miner on Sovereignty. Oh, I love Dice Miner too. Dice Minor is a good game, yeah. <laughs> um, do we play? I love else? them all, anyway, I'm a little
2: all. biased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But um, we'd love to get on there and play with some of our listeners. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Total blast. So uh, if you didn't catch that, that is promo. The promo code is Family Gamers. Sixty days of platinum, and uh, we'll include that in the show notes. If you're like driving in your car, I don't want you to crash. You know, trying to write down Family no. Gamers. I mean, hopefully it should be easy to remember. <laughs> but I digress. I would hope. Um, oh, uh, Anitra has pulled it up. Isle of Cats is on there. Come on. Yeah. Point Salad. Point Salad, which we're going to review real soon. But here's
2: a tip, guys. It's real good. It's really good. It's real good. Point Salad
0: is a really good game. It's
2: also a really good introduction game. I like to teach it to like Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. members and things.
0: Yep. Totally agree, because it's very simple. It's very Very. simple and quick. Yep.
2: And we demo it at conventions. We do like a minute of rules, and that's Mm -hmm. maybe not even. It's very quick. It
0: is. (laughs) And there's all sorts of other stuff in there. So head on over to sovereignty.com slash install. That's what I heard. (laughs)
2: Yeah. If you go anywhere on our website, you'll find it. (laughs) I think so. Download now. Look for download now. It'll bring you to the right spot.
0: All right. I think we're kind of getting close to to wrapping up the show. So, uh, well, I guess I I was about to ask you, where can people find you online? I think the answer is sovereignty.com slash install. But if they wanted to talk to the face of Sovereignty... They wanted to talk to you. Where should they go? What should they do?
2: Well, I am not only like the face. I am the manager of all the social media. So if you message (laughs) any social media account, that's me. I'm happy to answer any questions. If you want to play a game, join us on our Discord. We have a Discord and we have game night every Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. If you're interested, again, send us a message on any of our social media. I am more than happy to teach games, help you get set up, anything that you need, I'm happy to help.
0: So, All right. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, Anitra, we have a lot of stuff that we actually need to talk about.
1: Yes. Before we talk about social media and stuff, it's time for giveaway.
0: Yes. We are giving away a whole bunch of amazing stuff. We are going to announce the winners in a week. So you better get on that giveaway. Go to the to find the giveaway post for episode 300. We're giving away some crazy stuff like, Brand new copy of Cora Quest. Brand new copy of Blank Slate. Brand new copy of Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 2. And, uh, almost of, and, o- uh, and almost brand new copy of... And almost brand new copy of Goonies. The <laughs> Escape with One-Eyed Willy's right. rich stuff. Go and ahead. we have a little bit more than 100 entries. So there's a pretty... You have a pretty decent chance of entering for a chance to win one of these games shipped directly to you. We also have a very generously sponsored pair of holiday hijinks games the two that are not even out yet i know right from grand gamers guild you can get those when they actually get printed so not right away but eventually you can get those
1: you get a free pre-order basically of the birthday burglary and the groundhog gambit
0: and i'm gonna say this right now danny you can totally enter
1: all
2: right
0: so Ah. there's there's a way that you can very easily play a game with danny So uh, I go to
2: thefamilygamers.com. And
0: you'll see the post right at the top. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Nice, obvious
1: giveaway on there with a big three
2: zero zero.
0: All right. And, And I do not want to forget this. We want some of our listeners to take part in our episode 300 celebration. So we've already had some people send us messages which we will read on the show next week. If you would like to send us a message, there's lots of different ways that you can do that. You can record some audio and send it to us, and we will edit it into the show next week. You can shoot us an email. You can shoot us a a Facebook message, whatever you want to do. If you want to be included in our episode 300 celebration, but obviously you've got to do that before we record episode 300.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say cutoff is going to be Friday night. Yeah. Yeah,
0: June. You want to do it in June. That would be a good idea.
1: Uh, yeah. It, we we <laughs> will still accept it July 1st, but probably no later than that. <laughs> so,
0: you know, please, you know, our community is a huge part of why we do what we do. So we really do want to celebrate you guys and make sure that you get to be a part of 300 Three hundred. That is a crazy We've large number. I've been doing
1: this for a while. That's <laughs> amazing.
0: <laughs> All right. And and speaking of getting in touch with us.
1: Now it is time
0: for us um, to talk about work. So
1: on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and yes, on TikTok, you can find us at Family Gamers AA.
0: For Andrew and Anitra.
1: Yes. You can also talk to us in the Family Gamers Facebook community. Look for the Family Gamers or go to thefamilygamers.com slash Community.
0: Super fun place. I'm going to suggest that Danny goes there and posts the promo code in there, too. So that could be another place that you could go and find that platinum code. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. I know.
1: I'll do it. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, You can also check out our last 60 or 70 Snap Reviews on YouTube.
0: You can see our very adorable... Almost eight year old Elliot talking about Animal, Animal Jr. Uh, yes, you can. He is super cute. You can go to YouTube and search for The Family Gamers to find us over there.
1: As always, you can email us. Andrew at thefamilygamers.com. Anitra at thefamilygamers.com.
0: Check out our Family Gamers and Play Games with Your Kids merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs at thefamilygamers.com forward slash merch. I'm going to say this right now. I will be setting up a promo code to get discounts on merchandise to celebrate 300. Ooh. No, that's so going to happen.
1: Be, that'll be in July. hmm
0: mm-hmm. We will announce that next week as long as I don't forget. <laughs> at least you're honest. Hey. <laughs> please don't forget to subscribe to the show tell your friends about the show and leave us a review at Apple Podcast or whatever your podcast subscription source is you can also find us on Amazon Music TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify
1: Overcast wherever all, you get your podcasts we're probably we, we are there somewhere All right. the Family Gamers finally the Family Gamers podcast is sponsored by First Move Financial go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers and learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you Pile up the victory points.
0: Thanks so much again to the team at first move financial for sponsoring the family image podcast. They're great. They are great. Well, I think that's going to be it for us this week. All right. Thank you so much
1: for coming on, Danny. It has been so much fun.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I,
1: too had a lot of
2: fun.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm
1: glad to hear that.
2: Andrew is
1: always having fun. Because, always having fun. Because podcasting is a lot more fun than his day job.
0: That is true. It is, <laughs> podcasting is my favorite thing to do in this room.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, until next week, everybody. Play games yes. with your kids. Yes.